heard a story about a rather arrogant deacon who was speaking to a group of boys in Sunday school class, elementary boys, and uh, he looked at them and he said, Boys, you need to live for Jesus. He said, So why do you think other people consider me a Christian? One little boy raised his hand and said, I guess because they don't really know you. You know what's a joy for me today, guys? Is the two men that we have the privilege of sharing in their ordination, we know at Kingsway. They're men that love the Lord, and it's an honor for me to be able to serve beside them. I can honestly say I love both of them. I've asked our associational missionary, Ron Gilbert, who has gone on mission trips with them, to come and just briefly share a word of testimony about these guys and their walk with the Lord Jesus. Brother Ron, we come. Thank you, Pastor. It's always good to be with you folks here at Kingsway. You know our hearts are here with you. These two guys are, are just special to me. Uh, got to know uh, them quite a bit. Terry, in by, by five years almost now, he's been with us on a number of trips that uh, when we begin to try to count them. There's been so many. Jim's been with us once uh, on a trip. And when you spend a week with these guys, at a time you get to know them, you, you watch. And I'm one of those guys who I watch people. I kind of observe and... and uh, and enjoy just watching how they act when they're around other people and how they act in the mornings and how they act in the evenings. One of the qualifications of a servant or a deacon is to be faithful. And I've seen faithfulness in both of these guys' lives. I've seen commitment in their lives to the Lord Jesus. I see a joy in serving Him. And I'm grateful for Jim and Terry both for this. Uh, I appreciate them, and, and you're lucky. You're fortunate to have men like this serving you, and along with the others that you have serving you as deacons here in this fellowship. Jim, uh, he and Judy have been a blessing in addition to this church, I know. And uh, just for a little bit, I've got to know them. I, I know that you've been thrilled to have them here. And I also enjoy Judy as she helps eat Sunday school. And, and Jim is humble, sweet, loving. Quiet, godly man. I guess, Jim, that's about the best way I look at you. I, I just appreciate you. You know, on the mischief, he's a good worker, and he, he gives all he can give. Terry, I watched Terry grow. Uh, he's almost like a, uh, another son in a way. Uh, I watched him go from a basketball, not saying much at all type of person, to one who get up here just a few weeks ago and just about preach. And did a pretty good job at it, too, by the way. I've seen him share devotions in most recently on mission trips. When we first started, he wouldn't say anything much. So it's been a pleasure to watch how God works in a maturing effect in a person's life. I've seen his commitment to missions and to the Lord grow. Uh, he's already scheduled for, uh, I know, four trips this coming year. Uh, that's all we got planned. Uh, that he's going to be a part of. He's planning on, on a couple trips that we're not a part of, yet indirectly uh, the association is always involved in, in the Belize Partnership. And now Samantha's coming along, and uh, she's getting more and more involved. And, 
And this is becoming their ministry. You know, the Bible says even so much wise be faithful, Judy and Samantha. So, and I'm seeing that in, in both of these families. And when I, when I think of a pastor, I think of a pastor's wife. I don't know you notice it or not. A lot of times when I send you a card on your annual, virtually uh, I'll say, I'll say Todd and Cindy. I know sometimes I've noticed that, that our secretaries don't do that because they think of the pastor. But being, being a, a pastor for so many years, I know I couldn't do it without my wife. Uh, the pastoral ministry, uh, we work together. And even though Todd is, quote, the pastor, Cindy is just as much part of that ministry as he is. And same with the deacon. Uh, a lot of times we ordain, quote, the deacon, but we forget that the deacon's wife is just as much part of that ministry. And I'm grateful for these ladies. And I've watched them and observed them in their ministry. You're blessed. I know God's going to use these two men in a great mighty way here at Kingsway. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Ron. The ordination of deacon is a serious matter. It is a calling of God and the setting apart by God's people of men who are led to serve. Basically, we're here to affirm these men and agree with them that we believe they are God's chosen servants needed to lead the way by living an example of love and service to the body of believers that make up Kingsway Baptist Church. And this morning, I want to look in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7, and just share five requirements of the office of deacon. And so turn with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 6. I'm going to ask when you find that, as is our tradition here, to stand in God's honor if you're able, as I read aloud from the Scripture. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing... The Grecian Jews among them complained about the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them. And we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the Word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Let's pray. Master, we need to hear from you today. Thank you for speaking to us already, God, for allowing us to give the manger and remember that you came in such humble way, Lord. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to sing to you and to greet one another in your love, God, to be blessed by the puppet ministry, God, to be reminded of how much you love us, Lord. God, thank you for this opportunity to be a, a part, Lord, of this wonderful time, this 
ordination, the setting apart of these two guys, Lord, that love you and who are called to serve you. God, I just pray that this time would be pleasing unto you and that your Holy Spirit, Lord, might be among us in a way that's easy to detect. In your name we pray. Amen. Alright guys, I just want to look at five requirements from this scripture. The first one is that a deacon has to be born again, born anew, a new creation. Notice the text here, it says, choose seven from among you. What is it that is among the people of God that separates us? It is the fact that we have encountered the living God Himself. That our eyes have been opened, that we've been transformed, that suddenly there is an understanding that He loves us, that He died for us, that He lives for us, and that He wants to live in us and through us. Um, guys, that's, that's the difference. We come to that point of understanding, I need a Savior. I read a guy, Bernard Tristain, he, he was in a contest. And what the contest was, a famous art museum in the world in France, the Louvre. Uh, the question was, if there was a fire in the Louvre, which painting would you save? And his answer, which won the contest, <laughs> he said, I would save the painting nearest the exit. Guys, the truth of the Scripture says that we are on a path of condemnation. That because we are sinners, because we fall short of God's glory, because we have rebelled against the Holy One Himself, guys, we are headed toward a fire. An eternal fire. A place of torment. But there is an exit. And His name is Jesus. Uh, Acts 4.12 says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. And the first prerequisite for a deacon is he must be a guy that has encountered Jesus. He must be one that understands, I need a Savior. And guys, that is not just a one-time fire insurance type of experience, but He gets a hold of your heart and you understand on a daily basis, I need a Savior. Everywhere you go, everything you do, you want to keep that in the front of your mind. I need a Savior. I need a Savior. And in any moment I could fall if it wasn't for His grace. First requirement. Second, a deacon must have a good reputation. Notice it says here in the text, verse 3, Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known. You don't just choose anybody. But he says, choose people who are known by God's people. People who are already loved by God's people. People who are already serving the Lord Jesus Christ. People whose lives literally leak Jesus. That's a prerequisite. That is what God desires. That is what He wants. Somebody who's already loving people. Uh, I had a conversation with uh, Richard Coffey. Richard and I, uh, since he's not here that much, I don't get to see him as much as I'd like. And uh, of course, we all love Richard. And he, he, you know, we were talking about the deacons. He said, you know, Todd, he said, man, there's just a great group of deacons here. He said, matter of fact, to the places I've been, I, I think uh, these guys, I, I love these guys. Uh, I think their walk with the Lord's just tops, man. <laughs> and uh, I believe that too, guys. One of the things that, that, that I love about this place is uh, it, it, 
You know, I told Richard, I was kind of joking, but I am kind of serious. I said, I think one of the main jobs of a preacher is to brag on God's people. I told you guys, I want to buy me a pair of pom-poms to cheerlead. Because, man, I love you and I love to see you serving Jesus and loving Jesus with all your heart. Man, that excites me. And I told Richard, I said, <laughs> you know, I said, one thing that's great about it is I feel like I don't have to lie here. You know? <laughs> man, when I brag on you guys, you guys are doing this stuff. You're loving the Lord. You're serving Him. And, and I've watched that. And, and you bless me. And I can say that about the, the deacons, the servants here. These guys, uh, they serve. That's their hearts. And, and you guys that know them, you know what I'm saying is the truth. It's not just a bunch of words. <laughs> These guys love the Lord and they love one another. And that, that makes such a difference. Matter of fact, I remember when we were, uh, well, it's supposed to be grilling the guys, you know, letting them have it. Two guys, the candidates had them in there. <laughs> and I loved it. When we talked to old Jim, Jim said, well, guys, he said, there's a lot I don't know, but I'm willing to learn. And I thought, boy, that, that's the attitude. That's a servant. And then he said, he said, there's just something special about this place. And I loved it. I mean, that's what I want. And you know what I think that is? I think it's because there's a group of people here who are understanding and learning Jesus loves them. And that Jesus wants the world to know He loves people. He cares about people. He cares about people. Third, a deacon must be filled with the Holy Spirit. And notice here in verse 3, known to be full of the Spirit. That simply means it's imperative that a man listens to God's voice and that he leans on the Lord, that he desires to be controlled by God's Spirit. <laughs> Heard about a little boy talking to the preacher and he said, uh, he said, preacher, he said, how big is God? Is he is he bigger than a cookie jar? He goes, yeah, he's bigger than a cookie jar. He says, uh, well, is he bigger than a sugar bowl? Yeah, he's bigger than a sugar bowl. Is he bigger than me? He goes, yeah, he's bigger than you. He said, then shouldn't he stick out? Guys, that's the point. God, there are certain things God wants us to empty ourselves of so that He can fill us to the full. That He might be bigger than us and leak out and, and touch the world and, and touch this body of believers for His glory, guys. That, to be filled with the Spirit. To get in a position. And, and you know what? That doesn't mean being just like a specific deacon or a specific church leader or a specific person that you look to that loves the Lord. It means being you. Uh, Terry, Jim, you don't have to be any of these guys. You have to be you in love with Jesus. That is what will make the ultimate difference in this place. Just be you and be in love with Jesus. And God will use you. Uh, I don't know. In other words, function with an unction. That's what I'm talking about. Function with an unction. An unction, an anointing of the Spirit of God. God, fill me. Fourth, a deacon must be filled with wisdom. Some people can be brilliant fact-wise, but dumb application-wise. Wisdom is when we simply take the truth of God and live it. Put it to practice. Uh, here's a quote here from J.I. Packer from one of his books entitled Knowing God. 
Wisdom is the power to see and the inclination to choose the best and highest goal together with the surest means of attaining it. So, what's it mean to be full of wisdom? First, it is asking God, it is pleading with God to allow us to see what is right. Now, one of the first places to begin to cultivate that, of course, is to be be serious about this book. To let our minds be soaked in Scripture so that we can begin to get God's thoughts in our own minds. He wants to transform our thinking and He does it when we get serious about learning His book. That we might be Scripture soaked. I love Psalm 119, 9-11. It says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Hiding that word in, in your heart so that He can transform and change you. That, that is critical. Uh, second, we must pick up on the way other godly believers live. Wisdom is gained by watching how God works through other godly people. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. That's Proverbs 13, 20. Uh, Jehoash... Uh, was a king of Israel who reigned for 25... Oh, he was 25 years old when he became king and reigned 29 years. And it says that he followed the Lord. But it also says the high places, however, were not removed. The people continued to offer sacrifices and burn incense there. It tells us, though, in this description of him, that he did what was right just as his father had done. And it's interesting as I go back a couple of chapters to 2 Kings 12, 1 through 3, and it describes his dad in that section of Scripture. And um, in that it simply says that his dad did not remove the high places. In other words, guys... He followed the godly counsel of his dad, but he was being exactly like his earthly dad instead of like his heavenly dad. So what am I saying here? I'm saying it is imperative to watch godly people, but they never take the place of Jesus. Check out and see, God. Does my behavior match with this book? (laughs) Does it follow your love? Um, Am I sold out to you? And I may not be, so you may need to talk to me and say, Todd, this area needs to be addressed. Or whoever the person is. But you look to godly people, but only so far. Make sure they're in line with Christ. Third, we need to ask God to give us a discernment like the sons of Issachar that will do the right thing. Let me hit the second one first. I missed it. First, a second, we must ask God to place an irresistible longing within us. Psalm 37.4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 119.35 Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Jeremiah 15.16 When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. Guys, part of being wise, uh, church leadership, deacons, uh, everyone, staff, uh, there, there needs to be a longing for Jesus. There needs to be an inner desire for Him. Um, one thing that's on my heart a lot when I when I come here, I ask God before I come to the pulpit. I said, God, I need to worship You. 
And, and I, I pray about that for our country. I said, God, I want to worship you today. If no one else in this place worships you, I want to worship you today. When I come up and I pray, I think, God, fill me with your spirit. God, help me function with the unction. Give me your anointing. Because God, if you don't speak, nothing's going to be said. There has to be that longing to be a servant. God, take over. That needs to be there. And, and then there needs to be that discernment. This is from First Chronicles 12.32. Men of Issachar who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. 200 chiefs with all their relatives under their control. Do you know you can do the right thing at the wrong time? Part of being wisdom is being in tune with God. Being in tune where, where we are. Where the community is. What God wants done. And there has to be that discernment. That's wisdom. It comes from God. And only God can really provide that. And then finally, we need to take that first step. <laughs> Zig Ziglar used to say, you miss 100% of the shots you never take. I found another quote that said, having a great aim in life is important, so is knowing when to pull the trigger. And that's what this is about here. Guys, to, to be a, a leader, a servant, a deacon, to be a, a man of wisdom. And then, last one. A deacon must serve by example and help others to become servants. Look at uh, Acts chapter 6, verse 1. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. You know, this is the time of year of football and bowl games. And I'll never forget a definition of football uh, that I heard that caught my interest. Talking about these bowl games, these big events, he said... Uh, the best way to describe that is you got 22 men on the field who need no exercise being cheered and heckled by 22,000 people who desperately need exercise. And you know what happens with those who heckle, with those who complain? More often than not, they're just sitting on the sidelines. Guys, they're faithful attenders but they're not serving Jesus. It's, it's a lot different to stand up in the, in the stands and say, Why aren't you trying? Than to be down there and have some guys 300 pounds trying to kill you. Things look a lot different once they hit you, especially. It's a lot different. And God calls us to be in the game. And, and part, of, part of that's so important of, of being a deacon, as you notice this list of names here, guys, it, these seven guys were Greeks. They, they were part of that Greek community. It was the Grecian widows that, that felt neglected, that, that were neglected. And so they chose men that, that connected to those people. They didn't choose strangers to go and build relationships. They looked to people who already had relationships. And one thing that, that is needed among the deacons, the servants of this church, is we already need to have a love for one another. There already needs to be those relationships. And we're all not just alike. And there's some of the deacons that have better relationships than other deacons and, and than me and, and others and, that are able to minister. But we're a team working together for a cause, a cause of Christ and the cause of love. And, and guys, it, it, it causes the trouble not to get out of hand when we are already loving each other and we're already connected and, and not hiding from things, but dealing with things. And why? Why did it say that these men were chosen? Well, in verse 4, the guy said, to give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. 
Sometimes we get so caught up in, in finding the next big thing that will work. The, the next program that we need. Listen, what we need is God to show up. And He works through the ministry of His Word. And He works through prayer. And God forbid that I ever forget that. His Word shall not return void, but shall accomplish that which He pleases, God. Prayer. He answers prayer. He works through prayer. And prayer must be a part. These guys were chosen not to be standing on the promises, not merely sitting on the premises. That's God's work. Servants. That'll work. I wrote these words. uh, Guys, we have a primary duty to Kingsway Baptist Church. Our duty is to keep our eyes on His kingdom instead of being trapped in our own little kingdoms. This is not my church. But before you say amen, understand, it's not your church either. This church belongs to Jesus Christ. Thus, I need to long to live for His kingdom, and I need to encourage each of you to do the same. Trouble arises when we look at our little K kingdoms instead of the capital K kingdom that brings praise to Jesus. So as I close this point, one of the main jobs, I believe, of a servant of a deacon is to keep your eyes on Jesus and to help other people around here to keep their eyes on Jesus. That's what's needed. The Lord. That's what we need. Now we come to uh, notice the response of that verse 7, what happened when these five things were in place. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Man, when God's people are functioning with the unction, it's just natural that good things happen in the power of God. Now, we come to a time where I want to ask Jim and Judy and Terry and Samantha to come and we're going to have a moment to be able to for those who are ordained to come and lay hands upon them. But uh also have something that's going to be up on the screen to share and a charge for them to read as well. So guys, come on. Come on up front. Do you promise to make it your passion to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? I do. Do you promise to make it your passion to love the people known as Kingsway Baptist Church with the love of Jesus Christ and to encourage them to live for His glory? I do. Do you promise to faithfully pray for these men and to be an encouragement to them as they strive to serve you with the Spirit of Christ. Amen.